God bless you, Brandon, and all those up here. Give a hand of praise for these dear people. Thank you for using your gifts for the Lord. What a blessing it is as our choir and Terry are getting a little break this morning. I think had a few things going on, but uh, it's great to have Brandon here and his gifts and his abilities along with the dear people. God's calling to this place as the Lord would have it. Believe it or not, I got a knock on my door earlier this morning. And you see, when should, should we continue with Bubba? What should we do, right? Someone left a cup in the parking lot that security brought in. It actually says Bubba on it. You can't make that up. It says Bubba on it. If that's yours, please come up and eventually get it. If not, I'm going to clean it up. We're going to have a Bubba cup here. Annual Bubba Award right there. Thank you. God bless you. So good to have you here. Do we have someone? Is there a person in here that thinks they can get three of these, three of these riddles correct? Because if you do, there's, I don't know, there's Ghirardelli chocolate, there's Hershey's chocolate, there's Twix, there's Skittles, there's all kinds of cavities. I mean, goodies in here. I'm looking out here. We have the sun. Sir, right there. In that red shirt, come on up. It is your day. It is your day. Give him a hand. He's making his way right on up here. Come right up here, sir. Thank you. It's good to see you. Having a good day? All right, we'll see if we can keep that going. Let me just stand right in front. And didn't you come with some folks today? I know you did. And is your name Dylan? See, that's very good. Came with some of our dear folks today's neighbor and a fine young man. Who knew that on such a day as this, you'd be coming up to eat alligator stew? <laughs> Just kidding. You're not. You're not. You're not going to have that. All right. Our first riddle. Are you ready? Okay. From Bubba's book of Christmas wisdom. Can you tell us what do you get when you combine Santa with a duck? He almost got a a Christmas quacker. That's great. Christmas, that's very good. Good. We want to bring smart people like this to this place. Thank you. Okay. Why do reindeer scratch themselves? Thank you. He's often enough to say, I don't know. Because they're the only ones who know where the itch is, according to Bubba. Right? <laughs> He's awesome saying, I don't get it. They're the only ones who know where the itch is. That nah, it's all right. You don't have to get it. It's Bubba. Right? All right. Last but not least. Let's see. Why did the man get a sack of oranges for Christmas? Honest again, I didn't know. Because he couldn't concentrate. That's more like it. When it's bad, do that. Right? Now, because he did, he gave an effort. He's honest for those who are going to have you vote today. Should he have this bag of candy? All right, Dylan. All right. Sir, thank you. Glad to have you in our church. Glad you got that today, okay? Now, you're a sharer, aren't you? Because your brother's here today, isn't he? No. No? (laughs) God bless. Listen. 
Young people are just as honest and transparent as they can be. I love that. Hey, we're talking about gifts today. I don't want to ask you something. How much can you spend this Christmas? Hmm, that's a good question. Part of the motif today is that very question as we looked at some of the silly things and silly things people got like a sack of oranges. But today we're looking at a passage, probably not the most uh, familiar Christmas passage. Pastor, are you in Luke? Are you in Matthew? Where are you? We're in, uh, at just the right time, in a book of Galatians, believe it or not. Galatians, come on, let's get back with some Christmas stuff. We are. Galatians 4, 1 and 2. What I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. Today's message has a lot to do with the significance of who we are in Christ. Today's message has to do with how much can you spend this Christmas? As we look at this passage, there was a time when the world was in bondage. It was in bondage. You see, the law was given by God to take us to Christ. The law is perfect and no one can do it perfectly, can they? Well, pastor, I'm pretty good at it. I've tried. Really? Love the Lord your God with your whole mind, your whole soul, and your heart. Every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every week of every month of every year of every decade of your life. You've done it perfectly? Raise your hand if you have. We want you to write the book. Jesus did it. We can't. And so the law, the, the law points us to the fact we're incapable of earning righteousness. You see, what's required to go to heaven is perfection, perfect righteousness. We can't earn it. Religions tell you that you can. If you're just good enough, work hard enough, do enough, perhaps God will wear your good stuff and your bad stuff and your good stuff will just so outweigh the bad, you can go to heaven. But that's not the way we get to heaven. You see, heaven's not going to be like the earth. There's not just a little sin there. Heaven's not for good people. Heaven is for forgiven people that have been given a righteousness by God. And so the law brings us there. We were in bondage as long as the heir is a child. What? The child's under the care of guardians and trustees. The law was pointing us to a place. Even the sacrifice, think about it. When the Jews would bring their sacrifice to the temple, they would slay a lamb without blemish. That is why even in the temple when Jesus cast out the money changers, he also cast out the, the sacrifice sellers. When you brought your animal to be sacrificed, they would look at it. The priest would say, well, this one's not quite good enough. Come to our table. We'll sell you one. It's going to cost you about five to seven times more. But we'll sell you the right one that we can approve. The lamb had to be a lamb without blemish. Bring your best to God. And so this whole system was pointing to Christ. And the law brings us there. Bring up that next slide. There's no different... He is no different from a slave. The child has no more right to the inheritance than a slave does. And they understood this in that world in which they were living. Had no more rights than a slave. They're under guardians, under trustees. Until the time set by the father, the child inherits the estate at the appointed time. Now think about this. Back in the book of Genesis, our parents, Adam and Eve, fell. They sinned. We have a promise made then. There'd be a wound to Jesus, to his heel. Satan, you will wound his heel, but Satan himself is going to get a mortal wound to the head. 
How many years, decades, centuries, millenniums pass? Where is this one that's going to deliver the mortal wound to that serpent? Where is he? Where's the one that's supposed to do that? It hadn't happened yet. Time and time and time passed. Sometimes as humans, maybe you've noticed this, particularly this time of year if you're standing in a line someplace in a store, people can get impatient. I was there in a line just yesterday when someone came to the next counter because they saw all the cashiers were backed up. And in the wonderful spirit of Christmas and giving and mercy, the cashier went over there and said, we'll take the next person that's in line. And the person in the back of the line that just walked there ran to go in that line. And I said, now is when I need you, God. (laughs) Now is when I need you. And I bit my tongue in half, had it sewed back on. And uh, that's how it goes. It's part of the human spirit, I guess, in some. And today, when we look about our own lives, I submit to you again, how much can you spend this Christmas? How much? By the way, welcome those on the simulcast, all those on the coast, some around the world. We had some folks watching the Christmas Spectacular and the simulcast from Germany, Minnesota, Minnesota. Iowa and other places. It's exciting to see that happen and hear about that. God bless them. Well, there was a time set by the Father, and God's appointed time is always right. You see, God's never late. He's always on time. And the child does get the estate eventually, but it's at the appointed time that the Father says, until then, you're under the slave, you're under the law. You're not there yet. The Word of God says in Galatians 4, 3, so also when... We were children. We were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. The basic principles of the world has to be, it has to do with the elementary things of the world. So many in this room have been to a place called elementary school. There may be other names for it now, but elementary school. Do we have any that have been to elementary school or in that? Most of these people, folks, our guests have not been. You can see. They didn't raise their hand. No, they have. And the point of elementary school is to get out of elementary school, right? You wanted to graduate. You didn't want to grow up to be a bum, a has-been. You wanted to grow up and to mature. The point of it was not to stay in it but to go forward, to leave it, to learn the basic principles and to move on to maturity. So even though I did second grade four times, I liked it, I couldn't help it. Just kidding, right? I only did it twice. No, I didn't. You didn't want to get left back. The basic principles mean that you get the basic elemental principles of life, but we're going to look and see what this is talking about. You see, mankind's approach to God's rules regulations and ordinance made by people. People make up rules and ordinances just like they did in biblical times. You need to do this on the Sabbath. And the Talmud, a book that gives a, it's kind of a commentary on the Old Testament scriptures. It tells people how many stitches they can put in their cloak if they tear it on the Sabbath. Do you sew it back? 
And if they do, as the rabbis would discuss these questions, how many stitches would constitute work? Is it three? Is it 12? Is it 25? They decided seven. No more than that. Right? There was lots of rules, laws, and regulations, and the people lost the essence of what the Sabbath was about. So busy trying to follow things and follow ways and bring the right thing to the festivals, have these sacrifices that were not accepted because of certain ruling people. They lost the essence of what it was all about. Same thing with the offering. Same thing with prayers. They'd stand on the corners. The Pharisees, religious leaders did, bringing glory to themselves. Word of God is quite clear when it talks about mankind's approach to, to God, rules, regulations, ordinances. In our world, many of those things have changed. People don't turn to so much organized religion. They turn to disorganized religion. That's subjective in and of themselves. You see, people think, if I disassociate myself from something, then I can have my own ideas. I'm not under the subject of some organized place. Well, dear friend, with all due respect, you're organized in your own way. You have your own thoughts, your own ideas, your own religion. The only thing is you're another human being, and human beings try to come to God in their own way with their own rules and regulations and ordinances. And most religions boil them down, whether, dear friend, with all due respect, if it's your way or some way, it's like I'm just kind to people, I'm a good person. If there's a God, I'll get to heaven. Listen carefully. We don't make deals with God. God made the deal with us. He is king. Think about this. If he's the creator of the world, then he is. It's amazing to me that we could be arrogant enough to think we're going to get to heaven on our own terms. When Christ came and was born in that stable, filled with the smells of animals, not all pretty, and put into a wooden feeding trough, with hay, which sticks you. It wasn't a great thing. We clean it up and look at it, but that's where God came. He chose in his humble way to show us what servants are like, and he came to go on a mission to a cross. You see, the God that spoke everything into existence, when I looked out and I stopped last night going home and looked up at the sky, I began to think, God, you hung the moon, right? Now, you ever try that? I meant, so you have to figure out gravity. You have to figure out tides. You have to figure out the kind of illumination we need on the earth for that to happen. And the other planets and all that's taking place. I began to think about the immensity of just our solar system, of our galaxy, of this universe. And it became overwhelming. That song that was sung in the first surf, and I, uh, I wonder as I wander out under the sky. Boy, it just came to life to me as I looked again for the 10,000th time last night and saw it and said, wow, who is man that you're mindful of him? You see, God shows us. Who would have the audacity to think that God could love us like he does? But he does. He loved us so much that the same God that had not only omniscience, all-knowing, to put all those things in place to the finest detail, of blood that pumped from our toes back up through our heart and back through our body again by using these locks and channels to do it. I don't understand. I just know we did. All the details. He had the omniscience. He is omniscient. But if he lacked the omnipotence, he couldn't have done it. He's omniscient and omnipotent simultaneously. 
He had the knowledge and intellect and the power to do it. That's the God that came to this earth in the way that he did to prove his love for us. Do you know why? Because we would never, ever believe there could be any God except if he was revealed through Jesus Christ that could love and sacrifice like that. So I ask you, how much can you spend this Christmas? Colossians 2.20 Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of the world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? And yet every day people submit to its rules. And I pray that you are living as a believer under the grace of God. You see, for those that may not understand what I'm talking about, the Christian life does not live to earn our way to heaven. The Christian life biblically is lived as gratitude and gratefulness and obedience to God, not to be saved or earn our way to heaven, but because we've already been saved. See, that's what love is about. Love has to be volitional. It's something that you give. We're not serving to get. We are serving because we already got. Right? That's why we serve. Because we love our Lord, we love our Savior, and only a God like that, when you take a few moments, those that are watching out there, take a few moments just to look up at that sky and ask yourself that question. Could a God love me like that? Friend, he does. He loves you like that, and we couldn't believe it. I would not have the audacity to believe it because I start to just think, what holds that moon in that exact kind of orbit that it takes and all that it does? Just that one thing. And the moon's only a quarter the size of the earth. I do wonder as I wander out under the sky why Jesus the Savior would, would love one such as I. But he loves us all. And he came to this earth as a humble servant. God says the philosophy of this world will not save you. There's the philosophies, there's the religions, there's all the things that people have that we think will please God. And those things are pleasing to God, but they don't save a person. Jesus saves a person. You see, we approach God the wrong way, not his way. Bring up the next slide. Thank you. There's ceremonial laws. There's a legal yoke placed upon religious followers. Acts 15.10. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that can neither we nor our fathers were able to bear? Yokes. You've got to do this to be saved. Remember in the book of Galatians, there were a group of people following Paul around saying, you've got to obey certain ceremonial laws to be saved. Why do we think we can add anything to the sacrifice and love of Jesus Christ? Can you add anything to that? No. There's nothing we can add as humans to that. God did it all. All these people, the things that people try to do to get to God when God already made it His way, He got to us. So we could come to Him His way. How much can you spend this Christmas? I've got some selections for you. As I was going and looking to see what are some really expensive gifts, the most expensive gifts you can give this year. One of them, how many of you like, you like, like perfume? All right, some hands are going up. Perhaps your loved one saw you raise your hand. There is a bottle of perfume rated by the Guinness Book of World Records, and I'll tie in some perfume at the end of this message today. This bottle will cost you, it is, it is packaged rather nicely, but it's $215,000. 
If you get that and it's on your dresser and you're putting some on, you say, oops, what happened? I just dropped a hundred grand on the floor. Get the ra-. You'd be licking it on up, wouldn't you? 215000 There's some expensive gifts in this world, aren't there? But that's at the low end. We're going to go further. Stay with us today. Let's look at the next passage. All these things, the law of the Old Testament, the yoke of slavery. You see, when you're under slavery, you have no rights. You have, well, you have the same rights as a slave. But when the right time comes, and God's always on time. You may not think God's on time in your situation, but he is. See, the word of God tells us in Galatians 5, 1, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You see, when you're obeying the law, even as a believer to try and earn favor with God, you're missing out on grace. You miss out on the grace God has for you. To live out of love and gratefulness, you miss out on that. You put that yoke of slavery on. You will do way more for love than you ever would for the law. The law only takes you so far. I got that accomplished. But see, love is boundless, isn't it? Watch. Even this Christmas, some of you will stretch yourselves to give a gift of love to someone. You're not saying, well... They've been stingy to me. So you find something for the people you love, if that's your tradition. God gave it all, didn't he? You see, love is something that motivates people to another level. If you're living under the law and trying to do something, you're missing out on what God's love can do through you by living in that, serving in that way. It's for freedom that Christ sent us free. You're so free that you don't say, I don't know if I have time to talk to another person. I don't know if I can afford a ticket to invite someone to come to our Christmas program. I don't know if I can get a box for the feeding of 5,000. I don't know if I can come and be part of that discipleship group. You're saying, God, show me the different things I need to be involved in in my life. As a student, in my school, in the workplace, in my neighborhood, God, I want to just bless people. I want to give because your love flows through me. I'm not giving to get God. I'm giving because of who you are. I want to worship you with my life. You see, Christmas Day is every day. We celebrate it in this season, and I'm glad we do. And I'm glad we still call it Christmas Day. I love in some of the stores, and they say, Happy Holiday. I just say, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Isn't it? It's Christmas time. It's named after Christ. Christ was born in this world, came into this world. I don't do it to be offensive, though it may offend some people. It's okay. Jesus offends people sometimes. But it's Christmas. I'm just telling the historical truth. Amen? It's Christmas time. Now, I want you to see something because I ask you the question, how much can you spend this Christmas? It says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. God's timing is always right, period. It's always right. You see, the Red Sea opened and closed at just the right time. The people that were there after they saw all the miracles of God stood in front of the sea thinking as they cursed Moses and God, now look what happened. They let us free. Now they're coming to get us. All we've got is our animals and our kids. We're going to get slaughtered. At just the right time, the sea opened up. And they walked across, the Bible says, like it was on dry land in the book of Psalms. Miracle was not only parted the sea, made it dry up so they can walk on it. If you've ever been in a place where the water has subsided, 
you find you can sink in it. It's mucky. They walked across it. What happened? The other people get in there. They closed at just the right time. Some of the secularized seminaries teach that's because a wind came and blew it back like that. And coincidentally closed. And that's how the, the Pharaoh's soldiers died. By the way, they have found some wonderful chariot wheels dating back to that day and time in that area. They've excavated them. Go on site. You can see some of that. It's really cool. The Red Sea opened and closed just the right time. How about Joseph sold into slavery, was unjustly imprisoned? His brother sell him into slavery. He's bringing them food. He's bringing a blessing to them. No good deed goes unpunished. They sell him into slavery. They wanted to kill him, but one of the brothers says, no, don't do it. Then he's unjustly imprisoned. No good deed goes unpunished. He goes into Potiphar's house. A woman accuses him of something he didn't do. He gets thrown into prison. While in prison... He helps a couple of folks that come into that prison with him, and they forget about him. No good deed goes unpunished. But finally, in God's timing, no one could ever imagine what would happen to Joseph. Joseph becomes one of the most powerful people in the world at just the right time. You know what most people don't want to unwrap? They don't want to unwrap the gift of suffering. They don't want to unwrap it because we don't like that. But I submit to you today that some of the people, when Moses was out there, he had to wander for 40 years in that wilderness before he ever got to the other wilderness. It's called Midian. And God was teaching him something about sheep. And he had to wonder many times as he suffered emotionally, what have I done? I'm stepping over sheep manure and going from place to place in this barren place. What did I do? 40 years. Joseph had to wonder what's happening in my life. I came to do something good, and I'm thrown to a a caravan and sold to slavery. Abraham and Sarah had no children. How long did they have to bear that gift of suffering? Any kids yet? Any kids yet? Any kids yet? And finally, people don't ask anymore. There's so much emotional pain and hurt in their life, but just the right time. When it was impossible, it looked like it's never going to happen. God says, you're going to have a child. And it says that Sarah laughed. Like some of you may be laughing right now. Wow, she's pretty old. Yeah, they both were. And God brought forth a people where there were no people. The Jews. They came out of the miracle of God's intervention. They became a people where there were no people. Just like we as believers become a child of God miraculously and so they had that child and God at just the right time brought it when all belief was wiped down in it when it looked hopeless it may look hopeless to you but I'm going to say this to you today when you unwrap the gift of suffering and it may be sitting in front of you right now God wants to do some things in your life you never thought could happen he will bring blessing into your life from if you will take it and accept it and when you unwrap that And you look at that. God will do some things with some of the emotional pain you may be feeling right now. Physical pain is one thing, and it may be that gift you have now. But it's through that place that we learn about life. You see, all those people that I just talked about unwrapped the gift of suffering to become the people of God that that they were supposed to become. They have probably never said in the beginning this is going to happen. But listen, when you do... And you stay faithful to God through that. Say, God, I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to unwrap it. God will take you on a journey, and you will learn some things about yourself and, more importantly, about God that you would never learn any other way.
God has given us all that gift of suffering in some way, shape, and form. And it's on that anvil of life that God builds men and women and boys and girls that are faithful to him and builds the next story for the next Red Sea to part, the next leader to be raised up out of the ashes, the next child to be born miraculously. It's the nature of God and what he does. See, God's always on time. Think about this, the tax decree that came from Caesar Augustus. Exactly the right time, wasn't it? By the way, it's time to look at another gift. You may have said, Pat, perfume's not my thing. I like jewelry. We have something here for you. And I almost laughed. It's a nine-carat blue diamond. This, does anyone in here have this? You can get it this year. I love how, the, how they, by the way, that's a really expensive stone. It's 16 0.26 million dollars. As I said last hour, why do you put 0.26? <laughs> I think it's sort of, they get legitimized at 0.26. We haven't figured out right to the exact thing. If you have to look at the 2.6 part of it, you ain't buying that, right? <laughs> Period. Because most people don't have the 0.26, am I right? But that's what that is. 16.26 million dollars. How much can you spend this Christmas? Let's keep looking. God is always on time. That decree from Caesar Augustus, it said in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken in the entire Roman world. Think about the timing of this. Think about how crazy this is. Any time that Caesar wanted to issue a decree, he could, but it's at this time he does. Bring up the next slide. You see, God's always on time because Mary's an expectant mother by God's perfect timing to be ready for Caesar's decree. It's not just the moon and stars that God decrees and keeps all in shape. It's all these incredible things that are happening. Joseph had to open up and unwrap a gift of suffering, didn't he? But we see this, and it says in Luke 135, the angel answers, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and by the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One will be born will be called the Son of God. It's called the miraculous birth, the incarnation. God takes on human flesh so we can see what he is like. What is God like? When you have seen Jesus, you see what God is like. He's God who took on flesh. Because we couldn't have the audacity, as I said, to believe a God could be that good and love us like he does. How much can you spend this Christmas? Bring up the next slide. You see, God's always on time. Not only was she expecting, the decree had to come out at such a time that they would have to walk that 80 miles, whether she was on the animal or not. But if she's on the animal, animals don't tend to ride like a Rolls Royce. But for those physicians out there and those that work in the maternity area, she's bouncing up and down. Anywhere along that journey, she's that close to giving birth. Could have happened all along the way, but at just the right time, they make that journey. It wasn't like a two-hour journey. Probably a week, maybe more, maybe less. Depends. All along that time, a decree went out. The Holy Spirit comes upon her. The child conceived. Perfect timing, perfect timing, perfect timing. It didn't seem like perfect timing to Joseph and probably to Mary either. Are you serious? We're going down for this decree right now? Can you see this giant thing in front of me? And there they go. And at just the right time, when they arrive, there's no room left. It doesn't say there was a palace open someplace to let them in. They have to go 
to a, probably a cave where animals are kept. Just that humble beginning. God knew that. He did all of that. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, he's always on time. They went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, Bethlehem, the town of David, just like the Bible said. Could have been messed up any time along that trip. But in God's perfect timing, he kept that for just the right, right moment. Next slide. Thank you. Bottom line, Galatians tells us in Galatians 4, 5, to redeem those under the laws that we might receive the full rights of sons. You see, the law brought us to Christ. We were in that slavery under the law, the rules and regulations of men. But at just the right time, Christ entered the world to redeem those who might receive the full right of sons. God adopted us into his family. The word in, in John chapter 1, verse 12, says, Many has received him to those he gave the right to become the children of God. Children, we get our word for genetics from that, genes. We become adopted, adopted into God's family. He calls you his child because of what he has done. When you put your faith and trust in him as the one who loved you, to believe his record, he loved you and died on the cross for his sins, went from here to a cross. It's amazing, isn't it? You see, at just the right time, God entered time and space. If Imagine how hypothetical this is. If I was God, I'd say, you know, I think I'm going to come in the year 2019. They have um, lethal injection. I don't want to hang on some cross. But put this in your head. The God that created all that we see out there, all in the universe, solar system on this earth, the God that created trees, the God that created people. Somebody chopped down a tree in some place in that Palestine, shaped it into boards, and nailed the Savior of the world upon the very things he created, including his creation that did it at just the right time. God was born so he would take a symbol that stood as a symbol of of grossness, of execution across, and took something at just the right time that's engraved in stone on buildings, worn around people's necks, adorns churches and books, and all kinds of other things at just the right time. When the mode of capital punishment was execution by crucifixion. So they would forever stand as a sign of God's love where the blood of God God Almighty, the blood of Jesus Christ, dripped on that ground beneath that cross out of his love for us. His life drained out of him. He exchanged his life for ours because he loved us at just the right time. Do you think it's a coincidence? It's not. At just the right time. And then he did that so we can become the result of God sending his son to redeem the world. We're adopted as God's children. So I ask you, how much can you spend this Christmas. Jesus' death bought freedom for us. You can go through these lists of these expensive things, and there's all kinds of things on there. The next thing I have is a wristwatch, if you like wristwatches. There's one that's particularly nice. This happened to be just for a woman, but you can probably get another one made if you want to have matching ones. This one has a 12-carat pink diamond in the center of this wristwatch. At least it doesn't have point something. It says 25 million. Right? These didn't have point something. It's $25 million. You could probably get the other one made for $25, $30 million. 
That's a lot of money to spend for time, isn't it? And last but not least on this is the world's most expensive house. If you want to get that, as they had this on the list. And this house is 570 feet tall. I'm thinking, probably has an elevator in it, but I'm... It has a par, It has a garage... And some of you like me that like cars, even this little extravagant for me, the garage holds 168 cars. Right? Date, how cool would that be? Huh? 168 cars. Every other day of the year you could drive another car if you just wanted to keep yours in there, right? And, however, to get that, and there's pictures of it, it's pretty extravagant, you'd have to come up with $2 billion dollars. I wonder what the payments on that, like you put down like $9,500. Like what are the payments on that? I don't know if they still have it. I think they might at some banks. It's called a Christmas club. I belonged to one as a boy. A Christmas club was after the first of the year, you could belong to a Christmas club and you'd give so much a week on your, they'd give you a little card to put your money in. Sometimes it was a quarter I had one that was a dime. After 50 weeks, you'd have $5 to spend on Christmas gifts. Now, back in 1902, that was a lot of money, okay? $5. And, you know, back in the day where I was growing up on, in Brooklyn, there was a 5 and 10 cent store, Cress's 5 and 10, just like you had here. When things were, young people, 5 and 10 cents. Not everything in it, but some things. And so I'd save all year. And part of the blessing of just one of six children and mom and dad just going to buy some gifts, and you could buy them there. And one particular year, I bought, found things for my brothers and sister, and my dad even, the classic handkerchiefs with his initial on it, you know. They were who knows how much, not very much. But I didn't find anything for my mom because I looked through that whole store, and there wasn't something special there. And a Macy's had just opened up on Flappish Avenue. Now, when you compare Macy's to the 5 and 10, it's kind of like going from a broken-down Cessna to a supersonic F-16 or something, you know? Walked in there, and wow, beautiful. And I was walking there wondering to get, and went by that perfume counter. I didn't see that bottle, by the way, in there. And I was looking through there, and I saw the most beautiful bottle, at least to a child, I thought, I'd love to get that for my mom. I wonder how much it is. And I picked up the box, and it was $2. And I thought I had about $2 left. And I wanted to have $2 left, but I had all that change in my jeans pocket. I went to the counter. And I'm not sure to this day that I had that $2, including the tax. But I put all that I had on that counter and that precious woman that was there that day just looking she counted to herself and yep you got it and I took that home and I wrapped it have you ever you have I know it have you ever wrapped something and couldn't wait for someone to unwrap it do you know what I'm talking about it's in fact it's almost bigger than the gift isn't it You want them to unwrap it so you can just look at their face and say, wow, I couldn't wait. And it may have been some 
off-brand toilet water that they put in a great bottle and a package and everything. I didn't know as a kid. I just know this looks lovely like my mom. And I want my mom to have it. How much can you spend this Christmas? God wants you to spend it all. He wants you to unwrap your life of grace as a child of God. How much can you spend? Spend it all. Because love will bring you to the point you will spend it all. The cost will not matter because the cost is coming out of your love for who he is and what he has done for us. Spend it all. Jesus spent it all, didn't he? And he said, I want you to unwrap that. Unwrap your life. Let it just flow for me. Give out of love and grace. You're no longer a child under slavery. You've been born into the family. You're a child of God. You've been adopted. You see, because God adopted you, he has endless resources. You'll never run out of them. Give it all. That's how much you can give. As pastors come forward, maybe this Christmas, God spoke something into your heart today that I won't even be prescriptive. He just did. And you know it's from him. And I say to you today, if there's something you'd like to pray about, something that's on your heart, come forward, pray with one of these deacons or pastors. If today you're looking for a church home, we'd love for you to come. If you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, we'd love for you to come. Today's the day you can do that. You can be a candidate for membership. New member classes start January 19th. We're looking for people that want to make a difference. As I look at this place, and as I've looked at it over the years, my dream and hope has been that, God, we would never exist in the middle of the third largest city in our state. And people would say, we never heard from Lawndale Baptist Church. We never heard from those people. We didn't know what they were about. I'm blessed to tell you that every day of the year, they're hearing from God's people that have come right here. And we'd like for you to join us. We'll never get it done perfectly, but I can tell you, we're looking corporately to get things out there in a the community, and we're looking individually. We'd love for you to come today. And lastly, there's a gift that God has for you, and that too has to be unwrapped. You can't earn salvation. You have to just receive it. A lot of people leave it. And leave this world without ever unwrapping it. The gift of salvation. Because they're going to try their own way. A dear friend with all due respect to whoever you are here today. All your best thinking has brought you to this day. I'd ask you, are you happy? I'd ask you, how is your life going? I'd ask you, if you die today, where would you spend eternity? And if you will humble yourself today and say, God, I deserve to go to hell. But you love me and you died on the cross paid for my sins by your blood and your sacrifice because you love me. I couldn't even ever know that except Jesus came to show us what you are and who you are. They hung him on a cross, God. He died for my sins and rose three days later. And by faith, I want to receive the gift of eternal life. Religion can't save me. No pastor can, no church, but you can. And friend, if you're doing that, God hears you in your heart. He knows what you're thinking. And he will make you a child of God, no longer a slave, a child of God. Then you can answer the question, how much can you spend? 
spend all of it. Unwrap it on him. Lavish love on the things God loves. He loves people more than anything. If that's your decision today, we'd love to speak to you. I'm going to ask you to stand. I believe Brandon's right back there. He is. Please stand. Please don't wait. Please come as God has spoken truth to your heart.